the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Power Evangelism, a look at the life of Philip next on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. From the well, a Christian community, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Greetings in Christ, and welcome to our broadcast. We're going to pick up where we left off last week in Acts chapter 8, in a message simply entitled Power Evangelism. We're looking at the life of Philip and the call of evangelist on his life and his interaction with Simon the Sorcerer. It's all found here in Acts chapter 8, beginning with verse 9. Join us for an encouraging look at what it means to be an evangelist. Here now with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing, once again, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. When I read Acts chapter 8, and I read verses 14 on down to 19, it doesn't confuse me. Because I see they believed. I see that that they were baptized. So evidently, when they were believed and they were baptized, the Holy Spirit came into their life. But now Jerusalem is, hears about it. And then now Apostle Paul and Peter, I mean, Peter comes down. And he says, I've heard that you guys believe, but now we want the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And in the midst of this, in the midst of this, they lay hands. And as they lay hands, verse 18 says, And when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' Hands that the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them what? He offered them money. There's something that he saw that said, whatever happened to them, I want that to happen to other people through me. And so for all of us, we have to understand that when we're, when we're going forth and we're, that's why I love reading the Bible. Because you know what? It all makes sense. If you just follow the story, it all makes sense. Amen. And so there's something that he saw. And in my opinion, my humble opinion, I believe that the power of God came upon them. They began to, the same experience that they had in Acts chapter 2, they had in this particular situation. The power of God came, and, you know, they began to speak in unknown tongues, glorify God, whatever it was. But he saw something that said, man, I want that to happen through me. I love this, but I want to share something else with you guys that, that really troubles me because, and this is the other aspect of power that we've got to understand about evangelism. This man was traveling with them. He saw the power of God released. He saw the miracles. He saw that through the laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit came upon people and displayed his, you know, his strength in their life. And in his mind, we pick this up here in verse 19. In verse 18, he says, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money saying, give me this power that on anyone on whom that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. 
And so now he thinks that he can purchase the power of God through money. And I think this is one of the things that we have to realize when we're, when we're dealing with church. And I want to come down here with you here. You know, saints, you, you can't earn this. Our money doesn't impress God. Our titles don't impress God. How important we think we are doesn't impress God. Listen, say we're not coming to church to do God a favor. Look at your neighbor and tell him you better ask somebody. All the money you have is because God was merciful and let you get it. Can I have an amen? All your business, all the stuff that you got, your furniture, your car, everything. Just look at your neighbor and tell him everything. You, you, if, if God wanted to block you, he'd block you, he'd shock you, he'd lock you down. You, you'd be broke and busted, disgusted, and couldn't move. Can I have an amen? Look, hey, just ask Nebuchadnezzar, amen? Broke him down. So what I'm saying is, is we can't come in here. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I can do this, and, and, you know, and we think that we can earn it. Saints, it's not about that. The art of walking with God is about yielding is yielding to God. And so he thinks he can buy the power of God through his money, through his wealth, through, and it's not about that. And so what happens here, and this is what I really wanted to get to here today. He says in verse 19, saying, give me this power also that any on whom I lay my hands, I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Now watch this, because this also is, is, is the power that we need. We're not talking about someone that, that is not, doesn't believe because he was believed and he was baptized. But in the midst of this, it says here, but Peter said to him, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. He says, you have neither part nor por- portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. And then he says this, and I, and I love this. I, I want to read that one more time because I, I love this. It says, but Peter said to him, your money perished with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this manner. And then he says this, for your heart is not right in the, sin, in the sight of God. And what I wrote down here was Peter understood that Simon's actions reveal the, the, the condition of his heart. And for us, sometimes we have people that come to church. We love people. And some people are on the beginning stages. They've got baptized. They love God. They're trying to get right. And, but they're coming out of all kinds of stuff. And if we're going to be good at evangelism and at seeing people grow in their faith, saints, at the end of the day, I want to say this to you. We've got to learn to be honest with people's condition. See, this is why I feel like we failed people. We failed people because we, we see the condition. I love Peter because he's just being honest with him. He says, your heart's not right. I'm sure he wasn't coming down hard on him and just condemning him. And just, but he was letting him know that you, 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 you believed. You've seen the power of God. You've come out of what you've come out of, but there's a condition of your heart that still needs to be addressed. You can't earn this. You, you thought that you could purchase this. This isn't like being a soothsayer. 
This isn't like being a warlock. It's not being like being a witch. It's not being, it's not, this is a counterfeit, that's counterfeit power. If you're going to get the real power, you got to know how to come to God and submit yourself. Can I have an amen in this place? And so what he's basically doing is correcting and adjusting something in his mind so that he can access the true power that comes from God. But he's honest with them. And this is wrong because sometimes we don't do this when we're at church. When we're around people, when we're trying to evangelize or we're ministering to people, we're helping people grow. We just, he said, he just basically told me, your heart's not right. Your heart's not right in this matter. Because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. But what we would say is, oh, well, praise God, you're hungry, huh? You're on fire for God. You just want more of God. That you'd even be willing to pay for it, huh? Well, praise the Lord. We're going to put you on the deacon board. Man, you are fired up. Look at you. Woo! Man, you were willing to give your money for it. Oh, my goodness. You're anointed already. And, we, and we, what, what happens is we get blinded. And we don't see the condition of people's hearts based on their action and hearing from God. That God's not into that. Listen, say, God's not impressed with zeal. We, we got to have a zeal for God, but according to knowledge. That's what Apostle Paul said. He said, I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. And so when people come in the door, we got to learn. Then as we're trying to minister to people on our job and these people, we got to learn that in the midst of it, God may show you. I'm not saying he may show you through people's action, a condition that needs to be addressed. And it takes the power of God. For us to overcome our fear, our own insecurities, our own, you know, desire to, to make sure that we're not overburdening people. It takes the power of God for us to overcome us in this moment and to be like Apostle Peter. To say, man, I know you just got saved, but man, your heart's not right, man. Some of us are afraid to say that to people. Well, I don't want to run them away. I, you know, they just got here. They just, their seat isn't even warm yet. You know, listen, saints, if we're going to help people, it takes the power of God upon our lives to do effective evangelism. So when we're talking to people, they understand, man, you know what? Man, my heart is wrong, huh? Man, bro, you're right. You're right. I'm coming to church. I'm sitting here. But you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. You're right. The only reason why I am here is because I like this girl in the church. I'm going to preach on this side of the room because y'all lost me over there. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right, man. I've been coming to church, man, because you, know, you know I like her, man. She's cute and everything, and she'd be dragging me here and stuff. And I got baptized, and I got, yeah, I'm, I'm open to it, bro, but why are you really here? Your heart's not right if you're just here because she's here. I'm not going to let you women off the hook either. Oh, I'm, I'm here. You know, there's some, there's some cute guys here. They're they handsome. And they're, I've been, oh, I feel the anointing. There's some brothers here. I know God's going to bless me sevenfold. <laughs> oh, y'all, where am I? Oh, yeah. Where are the ladies at in the church? You guys were shouting a minute ago. What's your motivation for being here? What's your motivation for following Jesus? Do you just want God to use you to do miracles and power? 
Do you just want God to bless you and do things in your life? Are you here because, man, I'm just after God. I want to know who Jesus Christ is. I want to fall in love with Jesus. Can I have an amen? I want to get to know him. Some people come to church because they feel like it's a great opportunity to, you know, advance their business. A lot of people in here. We have to be honest enough to see under God's leading people's hearts through their actions and then correct so that they truly come into the knowledge of who God is. And we see very clearly here, this, was a, well, this is what Apostle Peter was willing to do in verses 21 to 22. But Peter said to him, your money perished with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased, he says, with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter for your heart is not right in the sight of God. That takes courage. It takes the power of God. It takes a willingness. It takes God to look somebody in the eye and say, you know what? I got to be bold. And I wrote that down. I got to be bold to let you know this is what I see. He didn't kick him out. He didn't say you can't be here. He didn't say get out of here. He just said this is what, where you're at. Let's get it fixed. That takes the power of God, saints, to overcome our own personal issues as we're sharing our faith and we're seeking to grow our church and see God move. He says in verse 22, and I like this, he says a few things. He says, repent, therefore, of this your wickedness. He calls it straight for what it is and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Look at verse 23, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Then Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord for me, that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. They're already upon you, man. That's the problem. We're going to get into this. He says, so when they, so when they had testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. And so we see very clearly here in verse 23, he says to him, he says, for I see that, number one, he says, you are poisoned by what? Bitterness. He tells them to repent. He tells them to repent. You're here. Your motivation is, is wrong. Now, number one, you need to repent. Turn from what you're doing. He's not saying he's not casting him out of the church. He just said, get it right with God. Repent. Then he says, pray. He says, repent. Then he tells him to pray. He says, and he tells him to pray specifically. He says, pray if God, verse 22, perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you, that you might access forgiveness. So I, I repent. I pray so that the thought of my heart that I can access God's forgiveness in my life. He's not kicking him out of the association. He's not kicking him out of the group. He's just saying, this is what you need to do. And I think sometimes you'll be surprised how many people just hang around church. But their motivation is wrong. But no one ever has stopped them to say, man, you're just here for this reason. That's not right. Pray. Repent. So that God will forgive you. And that this wickedness, because what it is, he calls it wickedness. It's not right in the sight of God. And then he says this. For I see, verse 23, that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. He's getting to the root of his condition. You've got bitterness in your heart and iniquity that's bound up in you. He said, God, and he's basically letting them know, this is what God wants to uproot from you. And maybe that bitterness is what caused him to try to get involved with, with sorcery. Maybe he got bitter at people because they rejected him in another area, rejected him in another place, rejected him at home, 
rejected him on the job. And so like, you get enough rejection in your life, after a while you start feeling like, I want to do something back to, to show that I'm powerful and that I got something to give to life. And next thing you know, he starts going around and he starts looking at some, some listening to some sorcerers. He starts getting involved in tarot cards. He starts getting involved in, in, in stuff that's demonic. And, and he gets there and these demons start telling him, man, you're awesome. They didn't reject you. They rejected you, but you're, you're going to be powerful. I'll use you. And next thing you know, bitterness gets rooted in the heart. I'm going to show these people who I am. The next thing you know, he starts to display this counterfeit power, and the whole city is that, you know, this is, maybe this is what happened. But we do know bitterness was there, and iniquity was in his heart. But the man of God just doesn't say, well, praise the Lord, I got myself a new member. He didn't say, well, praise the Lord, we got more people that had joined the church. He didn't just say, well, praise the Lord. He said, praise the Lord, God brought me another one that I can help a little bit more to get free from this bondage that's keeping them. Bitterness is there. Iniquity is there. And if it means I've got to expose myself to let somebody know that this is your condition, I'm going to take the power of God that's on my life to overcome my own hesitancy and stay, say what I need to say so this man can get free if he wants to be free. Saints, that's evangelism. That's developing people. That's not just cleaning the fish. That's, that's just not just catching the fish. That's cleaning the fish. That's, that's seeing a harvest come when we're willing to see that kind of power display when we're ministering to people. He said, repent, pray. And then the thing that's disturbing, it says here in verse 24, and this is some of the mentality that people have. He says, then Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord for me. None of these things which you have spoken. He says, come upon me. I think at some point in time as we do this, and me and my wife, we were just talking about this today, you know, you know, saints, at some point in time, we have to be willing to say things like this and then leave it in a person's court so that they can make the decision of how they truly want to respond. You know, some things you can't pray. God's not going to answer your prayer for them. They got to have their own prayer. Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. No, no, you pray for you. Can I have an amen? I'm not the Holy Ghost. You need to find somebody. Go pray. But this is what happens. And for a lot of individuals, they think, well, you pray for me. No, no, no. You pray for you if you want to be made whole. We have this tendency to always blame the church for what they're not doing. The church didn't pray. I didn't get my breakthrough. They didn't pray for me. Well, the devil is a lie. You better get on your knees and pray and see God yourself. Amen. But what happens is he's sitting there and then he says, he, sa- he doesn't even know his own condition. He says, perhaps these things don't come upon me. They're already upon you. And the man of God's trying to help you to get free from them. Saints, I'm sharing this message with you because as we approach the end of this age and we're going to pray. The power that we need to display is twofold. We want to see God do miraculous signs and wonders, release the power of God through the church, through healing, deliverance. But there's also an element of power that's going to flow through you that comes as a result of your willingness to be bold when you need to be bold. To be honest and upfront with people in their condition. That's powerful. Jesus looked at the condition of the Pharisees. He looked at the condition at the woman who was caught in adultery. He looked at the woman at the well. He looked at these people, and he was upfront and honest with them concerning their condition. 
And in that moment, it's what caused them to get the breakthrough. Well, Peter saw that boldness. And when he sees this man, he doesn't shrink back behind a religious veil of trying to be nice or culturally, you know, correct and making sure you don't step on anybody's toes. He wanted to help this person. So he spoke the truth to him in love. It takes power to be able to do that on your job. It takes power to be able to do that in your home. It takes power to be able to do that when you're around people that you know may not receive you. It takes power to do that sometimes in the church when you see conditions that that just aren't right, when people's hearts are on display based on their actions. It takes takes power. And we want God to use us in this regard because people around us, hey, the devil, he's putting his power on display. Jehovah's Witnesses don't have any problem knocking on your door. Latter-day Saints, they don't have, they riding their bike down the street. Hey, you want to be saved? You want to book? And we have people right next to us, and we, we won't even be bold to just tell them about Jesus. But it takes power to be able to say, you know, man, I don't care. I'm, I'm bald. I'm open. I'm free. I'm here. God, use me. Now, I am literally bald, but the word, the word bold means bald in the Greek, just so y'all know. Maybe that's why I'm so bold. It, it literally does mean bald. It means open. Where are my bald brothers in the <laughs> So, <laughs> Saints, this is power. When you go to talk to somebody about something and your heart starts pumping and you're thinking, man, I don't want to offend them, you know, I'm just trying to be honest. And, and you feel like, well, and, you know, Holy Spirit, you tell them, you know. No, the Holy Spirit said you tell them. So like Simon they can have an opportunity to make a choice to get free from their condition. Father, I thank you today that, God, you're going to use the people in this church to do great things for the kingdom of God. You're already using them. And, Lord, like Philip, we want that anointing to come upon us, that evangelism would begin to spring up all through this church, and we won't make fanfare of it. It's just simple living. It's a lifestyle. It's not an event. It's not another program. It's a lifestyle. But, Lord, we also want you to use us like you used Peter. Philip was bold, but Peter was bold. When he saw this person that was a part of the company whose heart was wrong, he was honest with him because his actions had shown exactly his condition. And, Lord, he was bound by bitterness and iniquity was in his heart. And, Lord, you used him just to speak the word of the Lord to him clearly that he might have an opportunity. Lord, people come to church for various reasons. Lord, we want our motivation to be right. We want to be here because, God, because we want to know you. We just want to know who you are. And, Lord, we just ask that you would help us to speak boldly, openly, clearly with conditions. Lord, you said very clearly here that what this man was doing was wicked. And, Lord, we just ask that you would use us to help people to come out of their bondage. People all over this Bay Area, and especially in the Tri-Valley area, people are just going from church to church. Some people's motivation for even joining the church is wrong. Father, help us to help people. God, we refuse to condemn them, but we do want to lead them to repentance, to prayer, 
so that they can experience forgiveness and then they can flourish and become everything that you want them to be. Lord, if you could touch Simon, you could touch anybody. And Father, I just pray today that for us, we would understand the magnitude of our responsibility to not just lead people to church, but to be honest when we see the conditions, that they might receive great forgiveness in their lives and flourish. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. You're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925 925- 292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And we're praying and standing on his truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless.